Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting their website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We've got terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadoma, our state senator, will be joining us. Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. It would be interesting to have her, a conversation with her about the continuing the saga of violence, looting, and all the things that are going on across the United States. And then Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us as well. It is June the 16th, and on this day in 1858... Newly nominated senatorial candidate Abraham Lincoln addressed the Illinois Republican Convention in Springfield and warned that the nation faced a crisis that could destroy the Union. Speaking to more than a thousand delegates in an ominous tone, Lincoln paraphrased a passage from the New Testament, a house divided against itself cannot stand. The issue uh, dividing the nation was slavery, of course, uh, the place of uh, growing Western territories and the extent of federal power over individual states' rights. Lincoln declared that only the federal government had the power to end slavery, while the southern states relied on an economy and lifestyle dependent upon the cheap labor provided by the African-American slaves. The North opposed slavery on moral grounds. The northern states also considered industrialization and manufacturing the key to America's economic future, not farming. The entrance into the new states of the new states into the Union, such as Missouri, Kansas, and Nebraska, brought to a head unresolved conflicts over which government entity, state or federal, should make uh, the final decision regarding slavery. For his part, Lincoln firmly believed that slavery was immoral and was wholly incompatible with the principles of the Declaration of Independence embodied in the phrase, all men are created equal. However, Lincoln prioritized preserving the Union above all else. After Lincoln's speech, several of his friends expressed dismay at its radical content. Leonard Sweat, a lawyer and friend of Lincoln, later wrote that Lincoln's talk of using federal power to end the slavery was unfortunate and inappropriate, although Sweat admitted that in retrospect, Lincoln was ultimately correct. At the time, the people of Illinois ultimately agreed with Sweat. Lincoln lost the close uh, Senate race of 1858 to a more moderate Stephen Douglas, who advocated states' sovereignty. Lincoln's eloquent speech, though, earned him national attention and his strong showing in the polls encouraged the people to back his ultimately successful bid for the presidency in 1860. The story of President uh, Lincoln's first opposition to slavery, uh, public opposition. Well, uh, confirmed COVID-19 cases in Cayo have increased uh, to 2,592. 281 people in Cuyahoga County have been hospitalized, and the death toll is at 60 currently. I think it was at 60 yesterday as well. So what's going on here? Well, here's what I think. We're really ramping up testing, not only here in Cuyahoga County, but across Florida. Now, when somebody tests positive for COVID, well, then it doesn't necessarily mean that they are suffering the symptoms of COVID. They simply, they may be asymptomatic, but... Uh, because they've been tested, they test positive, uh, they are going to the count of t positive tested. The real number that we're concerned about, of course, is hospitalization. 
281 people have been hospitalized since March, I think it's March 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. So this number is not going up dramatically, and of course, many of those have been released. So we've shut down healthcare pretty much because of COVID-19, and right now we're getting back to replacing these and doing the things that people need done. But uh, quite frankly, I think it's a little bit out of control, this uh, fear about COVID-19. Trump's rally, Oklahoma rally, is coming up on Saturday. And, of course, they're trying to shame Trump uh, into canceling the rally. Over a million ticket requests have gone to uh, the mega rally. Over a million tickets have been requested. I think the past number was 80,000 was the high. Nevertheless, uh, President Trump brushed off criticism over a plan to bring back his campaign rallies as many states across the country are beginning to dig themselves out of the months-long quarantine. Tweeting on Monday, Trump attacked the far-left media for their tacit approval of massive protests across the country while simultaneously condemning his campaigning and his team for restarting in-person rallies at some states seek an uptick in coronavirus cases. The far-left fake news media, which has no COVID problem with the rioters and looters destroying Democrat-run cities, is trying to COVID shame us on our big rallies, he tweeted. <laughs> it won't work. <laughs> Before entering, uh, e- each guest will get, let's see, temperature checked, so a hand sanitizer and a mask. Doesn't mean they necessarily wear the mask, but they're taking precautions to make sure that the, everybody's going to be safe. And, of course, nobody's required to go. If you're concerned about your health, don't go. Uh, a former president of American Express and, and Ameriprise Financial, American Express Financial Advisors, Harvey Golub. I had the pleasure of working with uh, Harvey Golub. He made this comment on Facebook. There was an expert public health official on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace talking about the pandemic. He made the following point, says uh, Harvey. Absent a vaccine, about 70% of our people in the U.S. will eventually get the virus and recover. Number two, at the same point, we have developed herd immunity. I've heard other experts state that the number is 40%. Obviously, people are guessing, and obviously no one knows. But at this point, it will be much more difficult for the disease to spread, and cases will will decline substantially. Number three, the number can be lowered if the vaccine can't be developed. Inoculations can substitute in this calculus for actual infections. And then number four, treatment for people who catch the virus will be further developed and reduce the death rate. And from this, I conclude, says Harvey Golub, following the recommendations of the CDC will not reduce the number of people who get the virus, whatever measures we take, unless a vaccine is developed and widely used. Number two, he says, following the guidelines will lengthen the time to reach the 40% to 70% number, but again, not the total number ultimately affected. Number three, importantly, this number will be reached no matter what we do in terms of social distancing, lockdowns, wearing masks, etc., Number four, lengthening the time is, in fact, useful if an effective vaccine is developed, something we can all hope for. Number five, however, extreme measures of lockdown is too expensive in terms of economic effects, business bankruptcy, loss of jobs, increases in sickness and death from other causes for those measures to continue unless the healthcare system gets too strained with COVID patients. Number six, he says, if the healthcare system gets to that point, The problem will be localized, requiring local action, certainly not state or national in terms of extreme measures like lockdowns. And number seven, in any event, people will die from COVID like they die from every other disease. Thankfully, the number will be a very small percentage of the total population. He says, be safe, 
don't go overboard, just my thoughts, says Harvey Golub. And I think that's a very good summation because, again, we're focusing on outbreaks and cases and so forth. And what he's pointing out is, irrespective of what we do, we're going to have 70% end up getting the, the uh, infection. It doesn't mean they're all going to get sick or have to go to the hospital. But he makes some very good points here. Well, Wall Street closed higher yesterday following an announcement of the Federal Reserve regarding its corporate bond purchasing program. The Dow was up about 157, which is great news. It was down at one point, uh, do I recall, over 600 points. So a nice recovery for the day. And futures are booming right now. Uh, Futures are up about 450. Good to see. So uh, right now, I think this bond purchasing program of the Fed is reassuring, along with Uh, perhaps tamping down the concerns about another outbreak. Uh, The man who shot at police with a taser, he stole from the police and then was shot dead by the police, may not be the saint and the mainstream media is trying to make him out to be. Not only did Rayshard Brooks get into a struggle with police, steal their taser, run from the police, then shoot the taser at the police, he was likely running due to a high risk that he was going to prison based on his prior record. What the mainstream media is not telling the American people is that Brooks appears to have a warrant out for his arrest per a search of his criminal record, although not confirmed and therefore may relate to a different Richard Brooks. It appears that there was a fugitive warrant out for his arrest in December of 2019. He probably realized, hey, if if they take me in, I'm going to end up, I broke probation, I'm going to end up going to jail, and that's why he tried to pursue flight as opposed to cooperate with the police. Hey, I hope all people, everybody understands that when we're stopped by the police, we need to be very cooperative and docile. Uh, this is not just a bracket, but if you, if you run around or if you run away or if you resist the police in any way, you're just asking for trouble. That doesn't matter whether you're black, white, or what uh, race, race or nationality you might be. Cooperate. Now, he had, he felt, of course, he was uh, over the alcohol level, the limit for uh, DUI. So he probably was not making good judgment anyhow, but uh, in fact, his judgment was extremely impaired by based on what he did. He ran from the police because he was afraid of going to prison. If, if this is accurate, then Richard made mistake after mistake after mistake that eventually led to his death. Amazing story. But nevertheless, of course, the Wendy's was burned down for no reason whatsoever, and uh, the the cry as uh, racism and so forth. This emotional appeal, just going to need to take a look at the evidence. We are all Americans, irrespective of our race. We're all individuals, and we need to comply and uh, be cooperative with the law, in my view. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Bee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community, thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees, the goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Golf Show Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and I hope you'll find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen will be joining us from Madison, Wisconsin. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So uh, right now, I guess the election season is beginning to pick up a little bit. Uh, Friday has passed. Everybody that uh, was going to run in the primaries had to file by Friday. So how's the field looking from your point of view? Well, um, Friday had some surprises from a uh, state perspective. Uh, we, uh, we thought that, uh, for example, uh, Ray Rodriguez, who was running to replace Elizabeth Benquisto in the Senate, would not have a Republican opponent, but at the last minute, uh, Representative Fitzenhagen threw her name in the hat and took it out of the uh, congressional district race, uh, which is very uh, disappointing to us because, you know, our goal is not to have primaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, our goal is to make sure that we have enough money for the general election. So that's that's going to be a big race, and <laughs> there's going to be a lot of money spent. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. So these final decisions, uh, by the way, I just want to remind our listeners that uh, on a, a different topic, the Collier County Commission, there's a, a Collier County Commissioner Forum, a live event today at 3 o'clock, 
and uh, you can find out more by visiting uh, FL, uh, excuse me, FLCA Action, no, excuse me, FLCAction.org. And uh, you can sign up for the event today at 3 o'clock. Uh, it's, you know, it's going to be all the Cuyahoga County Commission candidates, irrespective of, uh, of uh, the uh, party that they're affiliated with. And there'll be a series of, it'll be in an hour and a half, it'll be a series of questions. And then you'll have an opportunity to view the candidates and decide who you'd like to vote for. Uh, candidates are running on District 1, 3, and 5. Bert Saunders is running unopposed in District 3, so it's really focused on District 1 and District 5. So I just uh, encourage our listeners to uh, tune in. Uh, but you're, you know, and the other thing I'd like to mention, too, is Byron Donalds, who's running for Congress, has just right. been, been endorsed by the Club for Growth, which is a big deal because yeah. usually the Club for Growth yeah. does not make endorsements until after the primary. So that's a big shot in the arm for Byron's campaign. Yes, it, yes, it is. Uh, and that, that race is tightening up. Um, you know, there's uh, two big money players so far, and that is Casey Asgar and Dr. Fig, who are putting personal wealth on the line. Uh, Dan Eagle is also running. He's in the, he serves, currently serves in the Florida House, and uh, he has, you know, because he's been running for a while, he's raised a lot of money, and Byron will now be able to raise a lot of money. So that's going to be a very interesting race. It'll um, likely be a Republican winner because of the district makeup, particularly most of it being Lee County, is about, I don't know, 80 90% Republican. Absolutely, and of course, uh, it's no secret, I've backed Byron. I think he'd be a great uh, congressman, and uh, I'm supporting him for his election. I could do that, by the way, because I'm not on the radio. I'm <laughs> on the Internet. <laughs> You're on the Internet. So well, I, I have made the decision that I am not going to uh, endorse or support anyone in that race because I served with both Byron and, and Dane yeah. in the legislature, and you know, I consider them personal friends. Uh, I don't know the other candidates um, at all, and uh, so we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm glad you're doing the forum, and I hope that there are more of them, because we won't have a lot of those uh, in-person candidate uh, forums. And also, the people who've moved uh, back up north for the summer who are going to be voting will have an opportunity to actually get to know the candidates. Yeah. Really smart to do this. Well, thank you. I mean, the uh, Florida Citizens Alliance is making a point of holding these forums on a nonpartisan basis. I think it's an outstanding. You know, I had the opportunity to to see. I didn't see it live, but I saw the one that included the congressional candidates from District 19, and it gave me a new view of the candidates. In other words, it's one thing to watch a commercial; it's another thing to hear them speak right. about the issues, and uh, they don't—they right. don't come across exactly the same. Believe, believe me. No, no, and the thing about it is too that uh, most of the campaign materials that are sent out, of course, they are from the campaigns and their mailers, or even as you said, TV ads. I think doing these virtual um, town halls or whatever you call them are great because a lot of people don't have the ability or the opportunity to be in person for any of these, and I think it uh, you have a much better informed voter. I, I agree with that 100%. So how's, how's the election shaping up from your point of view on a state basis? Well, um, it's going to be uh, an interesting election, I, I guess is the best way to say it, because uh, the Democrats made a uh, strategic decision to put a candidate in every race 
Uh, and um, they, uh, you know, part of the thing is, too, even in races like in Lee County, for example, where it would be virtually impossible for the Democrats to win because of the numbers. Um, now, that strategy has backfired on them in the past, and also you have to look at who the candidates are. Some of them were like, um, oh, you're a Democrat, good run. Uh, they do have some credible candidates in some races, but um, uh, by and large, our candidates are much more qualified. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, some candidates running in, in uh, Miami races, and we have really good, credible candidates. And we just picked up a candidate to run in the uh, Senate District 3, which is um, you know the Tallahassee area, which is uh, by and large Democrat, but huh. we we have a candidate that is absolutely phenomenal. Her name is Marva Preston. She's a uh, she grew up up there, and then she was a law enforcement officer in Miami for many years, and then retired back home. And so she has, so she's a really good candidate, and that would be that's currently a Democrat seat. So we're looking forward to turning that uh, Republican. That would be outstanding. Well, we want to retain the yes. House and the Senate, of course. And uh, yes. Now, yeah, as I understand it, you are going to be the Senate president. Is it this upcoming term, or if if uh, no, twenty twenty two, which is why this election is critical because we have to keep our majority uh, in twenty twenty, and then I've got to run the twenty twenty two election uh, to make sure we again keep the majority because I don't want to be the minority leader. Absolutely. So, yeah. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is good. Uh, this is good practice. Uh, uh, Senator Simpson, who's going to be the president, uh, presumably keep the majority uh, come November. Uh, he he has kind of brought me on board to help run Senate campaigns, and I mean, I've been you know between that and helping people who are unemployed get get their checks it's been taking all your time yeah Yeah, it really is kathleen pasadomo again our state senator is just so generally pleased that you're coming on the show to give us an update thank you so much for joining us thank you and have a great day you as well thank you kathleen sounds like she's outside enjoying the beautiful weather it looks like another fabulous day here on the paradise coast okay coming up we're going to visit with boo mortensen it's time to find out what's new with boo that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network stay tuned for more of the bob harden show here on the bob harden broadcasting network Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. 
Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Just saying that makes me smile. <laughs> Boo Mortensen in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> Boo, welcome to the show. Well, never a dull moment up here, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, the demonstrations continue, but they're peaceful now. So I think people are taking a deep breath. However, I have a question for you. I read the Naples newspaper, and I see what's going on with Oaks Seed to Table. Yeah. And I have been to that re- uh, gr- restaurant. It is part restaurant, part grocery store. It's like a grocery store on steroids. It is so absolutely fabulous, huh. and it's it's you know just a it's an experience to go. And um, why now? Why are all these demonstrations? And they said that the school boards of Lee and Collier County uh, stopped supporting them or hiring them to supply food for school lunches. Why is all that going on? Well, because I, th- I think uh, Alfie Oaks spoke out and said something to the effect, and I don't have it right here in front of me, but something to the effect of uh, uh, all lives matter, this black uh, lives matter stuff is all, you know, bogus, something to that effect, which uh, obviously uh, some uh, uh, people took on Bridget at his point of view. I mean, he was outspoken. He says, hey, everybody has the right to, to express their point, point of view and uh, uh, their First Amendment rights. So the screw people came together to protest on Saturday. <laughs> As it turns out, it was during a rainstorm. <laughs> so the event didn't last too long. But the point is this, his supporters, and he has many, many supporters, showed up an hour earlier. He gave them free lunch, free food, all that type of thing. They were very happy and, and very supportive and very vocal in in the face of the opposition. So uh you know, I don't know what's going to happen with those contracts. It's unfortunate that the school systems are deciding to take a political view on this, but Alfie's going to be fine. As you, I've never been to, to a seat to table. I hear it's a fantastic place. Um, shopping's not my thing. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm going to go up there just because of, of what happened. Yeah, go up there for lunch. Yeah. You, know, you can have lunch there. And, and uh, you know, but I had heard 
that a lot of the protesting was backed by those anarchists, that anarchy group. Yeah, probably so. I mean, uh, as I understand it, it was peaceful. There might have been a, an arrest or two, as I understand it. But you know, let me do a little shout-out also to the Collier County Sheriff's Office. I think uh, Sheriff Rambosk and his entire team just do a great job of enforcing the law here in Collier County. There's no favoritism. Nobody gets away with anything, so to speak. Uh, on the other side, no, but there's no discrimination that I'm aware of. So fortunately, we have people here who will uphold the law. So I don't think there's an appetite for trying to resist uh, the police here in Collier County, or the Sheriff's Office, I should say. Well, that's good for them. I'll tell you, you know, I live two hours from from downtown Chicago, and I think Chicago has probably been labeled one of the nation's most dangerous big cities, Yeah, and probably with good reason. So last year, I mean, on May 31st, just a couple of weeks ago, they had 25 people were killed yep. over the, you know, Saturday and Sunday, and then additionally 85 were wounded by gunfire, Yeah, but none of those deaths or shootings involve the police. Last year, there were 492 homicides in Chicago, and yep. only three involved the police. Yep. See, um, so you get kind of what I'm trying to say is that some of this is so overblown and taken out of context. Of course, they're bad police, but to just say, well, we're eliminating the police, we're going to defund them, we're not going to... How is that going to work? Well, and here's the thing, too. Think of it. We should not defund the police. We should defend the police and, and the law enforcement officers across the nation. As usual, there's going to be a bad apple. In any business or any profession, there's the, the one turns up, somebody who's perhaps not well-trained or doesn't make good decisions, that happens. But for the most part, all the interactions with law enforcement are extremely positive around the country. Now, here's my concern. We're already seeing officers quit. We're seeing saying, no mas, yes. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm not talking about the bad ones. I'm talking about the good ones, you know. Everyone. Yeah. They've had it. Oh, who, wouldn't you? I mean, I would yes. ha I'd have second thoughts about continuing in law enforcement if, if uh, I was observing and seeing what's going on across the nation. Uh, these, these liberal leaders, I think, are going to absolutely destroy uh, law and order here in the United States. Isn't that a scary thought? Yeah. Yes, I think that not only are our record numbers of policemen saying, I quit, or I'll go into a different branch that, you know, in the school system, I'll do something different. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of young people are saying, you know what, I'm not going to do it. So I think the pipeline of people that want to go into law enforcement is going to dry up as well. I think you're absolutely right. But back to your point, I think the point you were making is uh, the Chicago murders, and the, nobody talks about it. It's not, it's not part of the news. No, it's no. Back, back page news or whatever. Your point is, you know, where, what, what's the mainstream media doing? Where's their focus? They seem to be empowering Black Lives Matter and seem to be ignoring what's happening in communities like Chicago with all these murders. I agree, and it's it's so biased. It's it is so aggravating, and you know, here in Madison, there was so much damage done on State Street, which is this main thoroughfare. It's uh, you know, a lot of restaurants and little shops, and so I cannot tell you how heartbreaking it is because of all the violence. Uh, so many of these businesses have said, "I'm done. I am done. Yeah, they're not going to open again." And who wins with that? 
how does that further anybody's cause? Yeah, it doesn't. And do they talk? But they don't talk about any of that. They just say, you know, you've got to support the cause and all this demonstrating. You know, they're almost glorifying it. It is uh, very sad indeed. Uh, it's you know, it's turning justice on its head. I, you know, I, I probably overstated the case of uh, we're going to lose law and order. We're not going to lose law and order. Uh, right now, the president is, is uh, coming out with his own executive orders to uh, what I guess is to retrain or to improve uh, reform uh, police work. And it, there's some on the margin. There's some things that need to be done. What my biggest complaint is about uh, the uh, law enforcement is the unions who won't allow yes. uh, local jurisdictions to fire bad cops. They, you know, the guy that uh, had his leg on the neck of this guy had five or six violations previous to that, and uh, of course the union w- w- had him reinstated. Uh, that is an area that needs reform. The unions have an important role, but it cer- certainly shouldn't have to do with hiring and firing. I, I totally agree. I think the the uh, unions have got a stranglehold on a lot of this. Absolutely. I think that's where a lot of the problem is. And you know what's interesting is that now the world has eyes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Thanks to smartphone video cameras. And, you know, normally, you know, think 15 years ago, a lot of that stuff would go on and nobody would ever know about it. And now... Everybody's got a smartphone. Everybody's got it there, and they're working the video. It's kind of fascinating. It is fascinating, and, of course, all that's going to lead to arrests. The wheels of justice grind slow and sometimes not fast enough for some, but they are grind fine. And some of these Antifa people who have caused fires, created fires, burned down Wendy's uh, and and other mm-hmm. stores, uh, they're all gonna, they're going to face justice. It's uh and uh, they're going to spend time in jail. Yes, yeah. Uh, let me ask you on another uplifting uh, conversation: Is the coronavirus going up, up, up in Florida? Well, it is. Yeah, and yes, it is. And and the reason for that, of course, is that we've really amped up testing. Now, the fact of the matter is people have coronavirus whether you test them or not. In other words, these are confirmed cases, confirmed by what? By by the tests. So uh, the, when you test somebody and they're positive for coronavirus, it doesn't mean you send them to the hospital. Just <laughs> They may be fine. You know, they may have no symptoms whatsoever. So it, right. to, focus on, to focus on the number who have it is a, a false lead. The, the number that we need to be concerned about is the number that are hospitalized. And that number is not going up. In fact, I would suspect it's going down because people are being released. I think in Collier County, the total is about 250 or 275 total since uh, the beginning of this thing in March. Oh, Wow. So it's kind of good news. It's not necessarily bad news. That's right. That's exactly right. Boo, you know what? It's always fun to get your point of view and to talk to you. I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Stay healthy and stay happy. You as well. Thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to do a shout-out to St. Matthew's House. They do just such great work. 70% of their revenue comes in from the businesses they run. So I hope you'll patronize their businesses, make a contribution, because there's a lot of folks that are homeless, a lot of folks that uh, suffer from addiction, a lot of folks that are needy of food, and uh, St. Matthew's House addresses those issues without government funding, and they do it holding people accountable for getting back uh, on their feet. So uh, St. Matthew's House, stmatthewshouse.org, again, is the website. And a little shout-out to Lulabee's Diner right there in the Green Tree Shopping Center. They support St. Matthew's House as well. Great place for lunch or breakfast. We have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Tell us about Less Government. What's it all about? Yeah, we just reduced the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and we're $4 trillion in, uh, short this year. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not shrinking like we'd like to see it. Although, I must say, I believe President Trump has done a great job of eliminating uh, through executive order, a lot of the regulations that have been impeding and gumming up the works for business. I totally agree. The problem is Congress needs, should have been all along the way backing it up with legislation yeah. uh, to codify it in law. Right. Unfortunately, now you know the next wave of the next wave of a leftist president is going to wash away everything he did and then some. Well, let's just hope for a positive outcome in November in the House. I mean, to watch the House and their behavior has just been absolutely disgusting, quite frankly. They've not. The entire party's insane. Um, Yeah. Look, I I said Biden would win win the nomination. This is, of course, way before we knew he had dementia. Yeah. But um, I I said before he ran that he would win the nomination if he ran because. He's the, for, for many legacy Democrat voters, he's the only tether 
to the party back when they weren't insane. You know they have and they have no bench. They, they ha- the one well, well they, they have no they have a bench. It's just they're all crazy insane leftists <laughs> who can't win nationally. Right. They have a ton of people on the bench. They just can't run them for president. Yeah. So so Biden of course has been around for so long that people see him and don't realize he's a crazy leftist. They they associate him with, you know, 1970s Democrats and 1980s Democrats. Back when there were a lot of non-insane Democrats. So he won the nomination. But now, in the general, he's got to run to his left to keep the crazies in line and hope they vote for him. And that's not a winning strategy. I mean, just take a look at this platform and where, you know, like, uh, defund the police, black lives... Be careful. He's against that. Well, but irrespective, that's what his party platform is, is beginning to look like. I mean... Uh, you take a look at a lot of the things that are going on in some of these jurisdictions, and uh, that's, that's what I'm a- saying. The party's crazy. Yeah, he and, and he's he's got to run to his left in the general to try to corral those voters. Trump doesn't have to do that. His, you know, Brad Parscal, his uh, campaign manager, said yesterday, Trump voters would run through a brick wall to vote for Trump. I don't think Biden's would. Uh, you know, I agree with that. And how about a million folks signing up? Of course, there'll only be about 19,000 that participate. <laughs> yeah. A million people sign up to go to the <laughs> rally. To Oklahoma. <laughs> My parents live on the intercoastal in uh, Hillsborough Beach. And uh, one of their neighbors sent me a time-lapse photo of the birthday of Flotilla that went by with all the Trump flags on boats. Yeah. Um, I think Trump wins this race pretty handily. And then, unfortunately, uh, Texas flips blue and we never win a presidency again. Ooh, that's a, that's a sad thought. Well, you know, I lived there for 10 years and, and I watched its evolution and I've continued to watch its evolution from afar. And it's just, it's, they've been invaded by the third world into being a blue state, just like California did. Don't you think, though, that uh, law and order, I mean, we're beginning to see the, ugly, this, the scab picked apart here by, by, what's, by the positions you that people are... T- you can't just run on saying the other side's crazy. You have to demonstrate that you're willing to fight the crazy. Yeah. Who's doing that on the Republican side? Yeah, yeah, good point. Well, you know, what you see the Democrats doing to themselves, you see the results in the city. I think Minneapolis is going to be a blighted area for years. Oh, it's, it's going to be... Look, I, I, I was born and raised in the D.C. area, so were you. Yep. There, there, were, there were parts of the city that were broken from the 70s riots for decades. Yeah. Baltimore still, from the yes. Baltimore riots, right. is a mess decades later. Yes, Minneapolis is... is you know, Seattle's going to be damaged by this. Um, yeah, and, and, and again, because no one's going, you know, tr- if Trump were smart, he'd have sent in the troops a week ago and cleared out that stupid jazz thing. Well, uh, you know, he's, he's in a tough position because he's got the Constitution and the power of the uh, well, you s- declare, separation. You declare, it's a national emergency. You can't have people declaring indep- themselves stop sovereign states with our territory. That's true. So You see, can't do that. So, Seton, you, you read, I want to make sure before I let you go, we talk yes. about your column, because this is good stuff. It, it, you say, big tech or ISPs, who collects and monetizes your online data much more? Uh, interesting, and I think our listeners should hear about this. Maybe you could tell us about it. Well, what, what's going on is, of course, twenty. You know, Congress being Congress, 25 years into the private sector and the Internet, they still haven't passed 
they call it privacy. I think it's a stupid uh, messaging point or a way to phrase it. They haven't passed any law that, can, that, that speaks to how companies handle your online data. You know, there are laws that say you can't use Tiger Woods' face without Tiger Woods' permission. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do, you get sued or you get, you know, there's, a, there's, there's laws in place to deal with it. You know, uh, Kim Kardashian should be paid to be on Instagram. Because she brings millions and millions of eyeballs to Instagram. Uh, instead, they use her data for free and don't pay her anything. And Instagram's owned by Facebook. Um, the Internet service providers collect data, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, but they get a very minimalist picture of what you're doing online. Mm-hmm. They know you went to www.website.com, mm-hmm. but that's it. They're, they're, the, they're the taxi that drops you off at the door. Mm-hmm. Google and Facebook know you went into the store, which aisles you went up and down, what items you picked out, looked at, and didn't purchase, which items you picked out, looked at, and did purchase, and, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. They know every page you've visited. They know every word you've read. They know every <coughs> picture you've seen, every video you've watched. Scary. That's orders of magnitude more data than the ISPs uh, get. Um, and so w- when we get to passing a privacy bill, and I'm just going to use that term because D.C. insists upon it, um, it's, you know, we haven't done that yet, so the states are now passing laws, which is, speaking of constitutional, unconstitutional, it's a world wide web, right. which means the federal government is responsible for its regulation, and then they go and interact, they negotiate interaction of, of our networks with theirs. It's, it's a patchwork quilt nightmare mess if you've got a California privacy bill and a Vermont privacy bill and a Maine privacy bill. You can't coddle, cobble that mess together and try to put together a coherent national policy for international networks. Right. Um, so these states are passing these bills. Now what's happening is because Google and Facebook are so much larger, uh, you know, Google's worth $900 billion, Facebook's worth $650 billion, the biggest two ISPs are worth like $210 billion. I mean, they're not even, you know, they're, they're orders of magnitude smaller. So they're bullying their way through state capitals in, in many instances, and getting privacy bills <laughs> that regulate the data ISPs can use, <laughs> but leave leave Google and Facebook completely alone. Oh my gosh! <laughs> There's no, which of course, you know, it, it, it's it's like it's like telling the football kicker you're spending too much time on the field and not saying anything about playing time for the offense and defense. I mean, it's it's. The ISPs are barely in the data collection business. They're in the they're in the connection business. They're in the yeah. internet. That's why they charge us for their services. Google and Facebook only exist because of selling our data. Right. And uh, and they're getting bills in several states where they're not regulated at all by the by the privacy bills that are being passed in the states. And I just think that's ridiculous. We need a simple, transparent bill that 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 deals with everyone equally, and that, of course, needs to happen at the federal level as soon as possible, because then, uh, then hopefully it'll go to court, but hopefully, you know, wisdom will prevail, and it, it'll, it's quite obviously a federal prerogative, 
and it'll override all these state bills that are that are popping up all over the place. Yeah, so so this the FCC doesn't have the power to do this. It needs to be legislation. Well, no. You mean as far as privacy? No, it has to be legislation. Yeah. There's there's some state there are some things the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, can do about um, uh, supremacy and saying, you know, you you know, like for example, they've done that on government's going into the uh, broadband business. Mm -hmm. They're saying you can't do that because it's de detrimental to the private sector and we're overriding your state law that says you can do it. Um, they, have not, they, they can do some of that at the FCC when it comes to privacy, but in the end, California privacy's, privacy law, which is, to me, way too restrictive of everybody, is going to go into effect, I think, July 1st, and it becomes the de facto national law. Yeah, I don't want California determining my law on anything, including this. No, uh, no, great point. Seton Motley, again, the, the founder and president of Less Government. Before I let you go, there is uh, somebody lost network. Uh, one of the phone companies lost, uh, uh, went down, is I guess the word. And, I, and I'm trying to recall the reason why, but I just wonder if you had a comment on that at all. I didn't hear about this. What do you mean, like one of the AT&T, one of the big ones? One of the big ones went down and uh, lost service. It had some, I've forgotten the reason. It's a different... Well, they, ha they were probably... They were, I think the only way you can really get that done is to get hacked correctly. I think that... I mean, like, really yeah. targeted, specific, effective hacking. But I hadn't heard about that, so I'm sorry I can't comment on it. All right, all right. Well, again, lessgovernment.org is the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, as usual, your commentary is just very enlightening. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasant 
pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And congratulations to Gulf Shore Playhouse, a new million-dollar gift, uh, adding to the uh, total needed to build the brand-new performance center, uh, performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely terrific. I served for 15 years as a board chairman of Gulf Shore Playhouse and very proud of what we've built, and uh, they continue on on now, and uh, they have a great season lined up for uh, this this year for the twenty uh, twenty one season. You can visit golfshoreplayhouse.org to find out more. Golfshoreplayhouse.org. Also, I want to thank you for patronizing the show and uh, our advertisers. Uh, without them, of course, we wouldn't be doing the show. So, just genuinely appreciate your support for them and uh, what they do. So the Department of Justice has filed what looks like to be the first tranche of charges against violent Antifa protesters from coast to coast following weeks of rioting in the wake of the killing of George Floyd by police. And Antifa itself would say it's going down. More than 50 people have been indicted on various charges in La Mesa, California, Minneapolis, Austin, Texas, uh, Dallas, Baton Rouge, Philadelphia, St. Paul, and Tacoma. Law-abiding Americans might be buoyed uh, that there will be a price to pay for the latest reign of terror. People who are terrified at the Antifa antics uh, will be happy to hear that the charges against these terrorists are going down. Attorney General Bill Barr and U.S. attorneys across the nation charged suspects with more than 40 violent crimes. Uh, which CBS News reported uh, Catherine Herridge, remember she used to be with Fox, she does a great job. She put on Twitter, among the crimes are being pursued are crossing state lines for the purposes of riot, throwing Molotov cocktails, torching cop cars, looting gun stores and pharmacies, online threats against cops, arson, shining lasers and eyes of police helicopter pilots, bringing guns to a riot, and now for the moment at least the tables are finally turning on Antifa. The real cops are doing their jobs. It's really going to happen for real. That's just great news, and I'm buoyed by that. I hope you are as well. And while South Korea said Tuesday that North Korea's military demolished an inter-Korean liaison office building just north of the tense Korean border, that according to Associated Press, citing Seoul's uh, unification ministry. The building located in the northern North Korean border town was destroyed at 2.49 p.m. local time. Now, this is happening. What they destroyed, North Korea destroyed something in their own territory. It's provocative, but at least it's not in South Korea. North Korea has earlier threatened to demolish the building, blaming the South's failure to stop activists from flying potential uh, are flying propaganda leaflets across the heavily militarized border. Some experts believe North Korea is frustrated because Seoul is unable to resume joint economic projects due to the U.S.-led sanctions. Now, you may recall that the Kim Jong-un's sister, the influential sister of North Korean leader, warned that Seoul would soon witness a tragic scene in the useless North-South liaison office being completely collapsed. She said uh, she would leave... 
to North Korea's military the right to take the next step to retaliation against South Korea. So it's been accomplished now. It's a done deal. We're taking the situation seriously, the ministry spokesperson said in a briefing. Uh, our military is maintaining readiness posture to be able to respond to any situation. So for, for whatever reason, the North Koreans are wanting to draw attention to themselves. This is what they do, create these skirmishes. Uh, I don't know what they want, but they probably want out of the sanctions that uh, have been uh, provided by the United States. <clears throat> well, the uh, last story here, the National Institutes of Health, the foremost Research Institute under the auspices of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has investigated 189 researchers for undisclosed ties to foreign countries, get this, 93% of which are linked to China. The fresh round of terminations resulted from an ongoing investigation at the taxpayer-funded National Institutes of Health into the failure of grant recipients to disclose financial ties to the foreign governments. The news was first broken by Science Magazine, a project of the American Association for the Advancement of Science and the world's oldest and largest general science organization. Originating 2018, the investigation concluded with 54 researchers being terminated or resigning for violating NIH rules against simultaneously receiving funds from the United States government and from foreign entities. The uh, NIH is the parent organization for high-profile doctors like Anthony Fauci, employs 6,000 research scientists, has a multi-billion dollar budget. 175 researchers in 27 states and 59 cities were targeted, and the average, get this, foreign financial investment, either in the form of direct compensation or research grants, $678,000. That's the average. You think this is a serious problem? I think it is. The findings are in line with uh, President Xi Jinping's uh, decree only by controlling core technology, said the president of China, or the Communist Party, only by controlling core technology in one's own hands can one seize the initiative in competition and development and absolutely guarantee national economic security, defense, and security, he said. The most common forms of violation, totaling 70%, were undisclosed foreign grants, followed by undisclosed talent awards and undisclosed foreign money. I'm uh, just really ashamed that the, this is what the uh, Chinese communists have done, is infiltrating our science institutions and stealing science uh, from the United States in order to, as one person said on the show, you know, what we're, what we're doing, is, if we end up in war with China, it'll be the only war that was fought with both sides, uh, both sides funded by one side, which would be the United States of America. Really a shame. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Just in, If you have any comments I'd like to hear from you, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. bobharden at hotmail.com. Tomorrow we have terrific guests. We're going to be visiting with Bob Levy. He is a constitutional scholar and chairman of the Cato Institute. We're going to pick up our conversation on immigration reform and immigration policy. I'll leave the politics out of it if we can. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor at Mercy College and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, who's an endowed professor at the University of Houston and written several books on climate change. My favorite is uh, Scared Witless, The Prophets and Prophets of Climate Doom. Uh, he's written other books on uh, technology as well and uh, infrastructure. Uh, he is, uh, he'll be with us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.